Hello and welcome to another episode of the Compile Swift podcast. I'm your host, Peter Whittem. In this podcast, we talk about everything related to Apple platforms and Apple development, including macOS, iOS, iPadOS, watchOS, tvOS, and any other OS they've invented this week. So with that, let's get on with the show. Welcome to a new episode of the Compile Swift podcast and a new year. I'm back after the holiday break and I had an interesting couple of weeks. In fact, that's going to be one of the topics for discussion in this episode. So just before Christmas, I finally decided to take the plunge and update my MacBook Pro. I currently, well, I did have the MacBook Pro 15-inch from 2017, the i7 with 16 gig of RAM. And I, I loved it to death. You know, it was the one with one of those keyboards, uh, but I didn't have those problems, to be honest. And the only downside to my machine was that I had the 256 gig SSD, which was a major problem. And that was what's really spurred me on to do the upgrade. Well, there was a couple of reasons, but that was one of the major ones. You know, very quickly, the um, management of a 256 gig hard drive space gets very tedious. And I finally reached the point with all the tools and everything else where it was just too frustrating. And, you know, I had been using external hard drives for the longest time, but, you know, whilst that gets you around the problem, it's yet another thing to carry around, yet another thing to manage. And, you know, you've got to make sure the files still go to the right places and connectivity and everything else. And then you start the dongle hell, you know. So anyway, the upshot of all this was I decided, okay, I've seen enough good news about the new 16-inch and so, you know, I thought, okay, so let's go ahead and do it. So I actually ordered it just before uh, the Christmas, uh, before Christmas Day. In fact, before Christmas Eve, it was the day before, if I remember rightly. And, you know, sure enough, true to form, Apple, uh, free courier service, kudos to them and kudos to the couriers. They delivered it the same day, much to my surprise and, and much to my delight, as you can imagine. So the one that I went with was the standard off-the-shelf 16-inch uh, version with the eight core version with the one terabyte hard drive space, which is plenty for me, and the 16 gig of RAM and the four gig um, video card. Now, immediately, I'm sure you're all thinking, you only went with 16 gig of RAM and you're a developer. Well, yeah. And the reason being is I had been monitoring my memory usage on my 15 inch for a while. And even with Xcode and a few other tools running, and maybe it's just my workflow, I don't know, but I was never going above, you know, 14 gig, something like that, maybe 13 to 14 gig. And so I really weighed up the pros and cons for the extra $400 for the 32 gig, and I decided it just wasn't worth it. And now having used the machine for a couple of weeks, I feel like for me, I totally made the right call. The right call. Um, I've I'm just absolutely delighted with the machine and, you know, it solved all the problems that I had, especially the hard drive space. The new keyboard or old keyboard, if, depending on which way you want to look at it, is just simply fantastic compared to the 15-inch the version that I had. Um, there's no doubt in my mind, you know, Apple should have done this a long time ago, just like everybody else said. But it is interesting once you go back to having a, a quote-unquote proper key action how different it is. I'm making so fewer typing mistakes. In fact, at this point, I would say I'm not making any because it's a keyboard style that I'm used to because I have the magic keyboards. 
Um, and I'm just very super happy with that keyboard. You know, having the escape key back is, a, of course, a blessing. And interestingly, having the touch ID separate from the touch bar actually does make a difference because you can just reach over for it without even looking and you know that you're in the right space, which is it's kind of interesting and something that I, I didn't expect and was very surprised. So, you know, overall, I'm just super delighted with the machine. The screen is fantastic. I didn't think it wouldn't be. You know, for me, um, it's a given that the screen's going to be good and I'm very happy with it. Honestly, I don't really notice the difference between a 15-inch and a 16-inch screen. It just is not something that's enough for me to really notice it, especially since I normally use an external screen at the same time and have a two-screen setup or even a three-screen with the iPad. So overall, very happy with the experience. You know, of course, you essentially out of the box don't have a choice. You've got to go with Mac OS Catalina. Interestingly for me, and maybe this is just my own personal observations, it's running a lot better on this machine than it did on my 15-inch. I don't know why, but it's just a lot smoother and I'm a lot happier with it. And maybe it's the patches and everything else, but I had the same patch level on my 15-inch, but I'm just finding it a smoother experience. So, you know, overall, very happy with it. I'm, I feel to me it was worth the expense to fix all the the issues that were bothering me on a, you know, more than daily basis, especially with the hard drive space. So, you know, with that, I'll wrap up my discussion of my new hardware there, and we'll take a quick break, and we will be right back. Time for a break. Break time over. So since it's the beginning of a new year, I thought, uh, you know, maybe I just take a look at what I think is going to be in store this year for us. And I think, you know, with WWDC 20 coming up in presumably June as usual, it's going to be very interesting. You know, hopefully we're going to see Swift UI move into more of a version 2 maybe. And I think the one thing I'd like to see there would be a lot more of the controls that we have available and options we have available uh, to us currently with, you know, like UI kit and app kit appearing in, you know, Swift UI. You know, for example, the big one that's causing a pain for me is, you know, a multi-line text field, something that you would think would be a given from day one. But, you know, maybe we'll see that this year. That certainly would help me out a lot. Um, there are some workarounds for it, but I think the more work that we see going into Swift UI, the more we can start to look at that as a viable option in production code. And that's not to say that I don't think you could use it in production right now, but I don't think it would be the safest option because I think very much like the early days of Swift UI, uh, sorry, Swift, you know, you're going to see a lot of changes to Swift UI throughout the early versions. So I think it's, it's going to be a cautionary tale if you use it in production. But certainly I think there's going to be a big push for that this year, um, presumably Catalyst as well with, you know, WWDC. So that's going to be exciting. You know, uh, the end of last year, just like I just spoke about my machine, my new machine, the uh, we got what we wanted as developers. We got our, our new MacBook Pros. So, you know, I think that's probably the hardware taken care of for a little while. Although a lot of people would like to see the 15-inch updated, and, and I think that's probable. I don't know if it'll be early in the year, but I think that's probably more than likely. So that's that. You know, from a personal standpoint, I plan to spend more time with SwiftUI. You know, I do have my what you might want to call a course, the exclusive content available on patreon.com forward slash pwcom, where I'm rebuilding my Code Notes app on iOS with SwiftUI. So, you know, you can subscribe there if you wanted to, just as a quick 
a self plug uh, to follow it. But I, you know, that's my first Swift UI project and one that I intend to keep pushing on. And, you know, as the versions change, I'll update the code bases I'm working through there. It's going very well at the moment. Um, still in this, the UI portions, but then I'm going to move on to some other areas like Swift Catalyst and that, you know, the other big topics that I think we'll see this year on that front. You know, it's hard to predict, I think, what we'll see for like the Mac OS this year. I'd, I'd like to see perhaps the same with uh, iOS 14. I'd like to see Apple have a year where they do like they've done before and they say, you know, no big major features this year. We're going to go in and really try and get the performance and in particular the bugs worked out the systems. I think that would be a huge benefit to them. And I think it would probably be some good PR as well, you know, given the rough rollout from last year. So I think that's what we're going to see there. You know, certainly I'm noticing, you know, across Twitter and, you know, a lot of the other platforms, YouTube and the people that I follow, you know, a, an awful lot of Swift UI material, which is to be expected, but that's nothing but good news. You know, I think that the Swift community is in a very good, strong position, continues to go from strength to strength. Certainly seems to be a, you know, more and more content being put out there by people, which is always good. You know, as you often hear me say, you know, I think it's good to give back to the communities that help you out. And I'm seeing a lot of that. Um, I've been working on a Mac OS application for my own, my own needs. I've been dog fooding a, an app that I'm working on that enables me to write to my blog sites, uh, you know, peterwidham.com and compileswift.com. They both now are powered by Gatsby. And I wanted an app that would enable me to write out my blog posts basically in the app and then export it in the correct format for my Gatsby sites where I can just save the markdown file and away it goes. I'm not sure if I'm going to make that available to the public yet. You know, it was very much designed as an internal tool to myself, but I'm starting to see more and more benefit from perhaps making more of that, you know, configuration based so that people can use it for their own sites. Uh, you know, for writing out markdown files. You know, that might be something. I'm not sure. Let me know if you're interested in that. Um, you can find some posts on that on on my website, um, like I say. So, you know, with that, I think that's probably the sort of the wrap-up for the beginning of this year. It's going to be an exciting year. I also decided to restart the Compile Swift newsletter. So you can go to compileswift.com forward slash newsletter, and I'm going to try and you know, get that out on a regular basis with interesting content that I come across from people in Swiftland. And, you know, if you have something, please let me know about it. I'd love to put it in the newsletter for people. It doesn't matter what it is, as long as it's somehow Swift or Apple development related. Just go to compileswift.com forward slash contact and fill in the form and tell me about it. I'll be only too happy to put that in the newsletter for you. So with that, uh, you know, let's get the year up and running. Uh, I'm back to my full-time day job now and, you know, got new releases in the pipelines uh, for Apple Store and everything else. So it's all up and running and, and all good to go. And hopefully it's the same for all of you. So, you know, if this is helpful, please like, subscribe, tell someone about it. There'll be a link in the show notes. I've added a new thing where you can easily, you know, rate this podcast. I certainly would appreciate any kind of, you know, rating or review. It all helps and lets me know if I'm heading in the right direction or not. And with that, I will speak to you again soon. You know, if you want to reach out, uh, at Swift on Twitter. See you later.